I believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Is a name above all names. That you're not going to get to heaven and meet your Father God in heaven unless it's through Jesus Christ. I believe you don't really get healed and set free and completely whole without Jesus on this planet. I believe this world is trying to mess you up, chew you up and spit you out. But I believe Jesus has a way of putting things back together and rebuilding. I believe you have an advocate in heaven that's never said a bad word over you, who believes in you, who intercedes for you, who petitions God on your behalf. I believe in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's just sing that once more. enjoying that a bit too much. Right, I want you to turn to somebody, give them a high five and say, I believe, I believe. Look at these two cuddling over here. Papa Louie, look at your hands. Oh, okay, it's your wife. It's good. Wonderful. Wow, I'm so looking forward to this because last time I preached I had three or four minutes and now I've got like 30 or 40 minutes and I don't need that long. So um, we're going to have some fun. Yes, he restores. <laughs> Very good. Well, let's pray. Um, God, I thank you that you do love us so much. And God, I pray that we get a revelation and an understanding, a fresh perspective on how much you really truly do love us and how that love never changes. And I pray today these words are not my words, but they're your words. They bring inspiration and life and hope. And God, I thank you that you will have a moment 
where people can connect back with you this morning as we gather around your word. And everybody said, Amen. So we've got a series on the stories Jesus told. And I love stories. In fact, that's what I do for a living. I tell stories. Whether photos or video, I love telling stories. I love hearing people's stories. I get inspired by it. And one of the things I love about the Bible is the stories in the Bible. Modern day academics have even done a study, like university professors, and realised the most effective way to teach somebody is through a story. Even young kids will quickly work out who the bad guy is, who the good guy is, and they'll work out a story. It's inbuilt within us to understand and get the concept of a story. Jesus knew this, and he told heaps of stories through the Bible. So we're going to work in, um, today, we're going to spend some time in Luke 15. So if you want to open your Bible or flick your Bible, put your finger in it and uh, that's where we're going to spend some time this morning. So Jesus loved telling stories and um, Luke 15 is full of parables and stories. 15, 1 to 7 is the story of the lost coin. As someone loses a coin, they find a coin and they rejoice. Luke 15, 8 to 10 is the story of the lost sheep. How the sheep goes wandering off and the shepherd gets it and they find it and there's much rejoicing. And now where we're going to spend some time is the prodigal son. And I picked this. When, when Lottie said we're going to do a story on the parable of Jesus, I was straight away like, I want to do the prodigal son because I love this story. You get so much out of it. So Luke 15, 11, 32 is where we're going to spell some, spend some time this morning the prodigal son, or some call it the lost son. So there's been three, in Luke 15, there's been three stories. Lost coin, lost sheep, lost son, or prodigal son. There's a theme going on. Before we go any further, a parable. What is a parable? It's a made-up story that teaches us some truth about God and God's kingdom. So do you understand that you can make up a story, but there can be truth hidden within the story to reveal stuff. You get it? So Jesus always used parables, or not always, but he did a lot of parable storytelling to convey truth. So we're going to find out some truth about what God's like and what the kingdom of heaven's like within this story. Is that cool? So there's a theme going on through the whole of Luke 15. Something's lost, something's found, and there's great rejoicing coin, a sheep, a son. There's a direct analogy that the sinners, people who are lost and go away from God, they're valuable, but they're lost. If they uh, repent, ask God forgiveness, they head for home, they turn to God, they are found, and all of heaven rejoices. There's a great truth in that because that's actually what happens. Is it good? So the parable of the prodigal son, it's the same theme as the previous two, but Jesus goes and adds some extra bits. It's like pimped up. It's like upgraded. Um, Same theme. But at the end of it, he has a rebuke for the religious people who opposed him. Like they couldn't believe if Jesus was Messiah, they would hang out with sinners prostitutes and tax collectors how come the messiah would hang out with such people 
But the parable tells us about how much the father longs to hang out with those people and how much his heart is open to the lost. Amen? Anybody glad about that? So it gives us a glimpse into God's heart and uh, through Jesus, God's plan to reach the lost. So the characters are the son who leaves, the son who stays, and the father who lets his son go, but waits and watches and receives him back without judgment or condemnation. Now realise it was a made-up story, but tells you a great truth about God and his kingdom. So let's go through each of the, um, each of the verses. So f- Luke 15, 11. I'm reading from the New King James because it's the only true way to read the Bible. Uh, I'm joking. That's my personal preference. Oh, Scotty gives me a clap. Then he said, Jesus, that's him talking, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. Another version says his inheritance. So he divided it he divided to them his livelihood. What a generous dad. That must have been a hard thing to do. Get your inheritance early. Anybody want their inheritance early from their parents before they die and spend it all? Yeah, maybe. So the prodigal son asks his father for his inheritance, his money, which the father does. Now you can bet the older brother was watching what was going on. No way does a younger brother get cashed out with an older brother not taking notice and having an opinion on it. Any older brothers here? Older sisters? Come on, you can't tell me that that would happen to your younger brother or sister and you wouldn't watch exactly like a hawk. You would be all over it. Now, to help put you in the scene, I, with the help of some very questionable, I mean talented actors, Liam, Colin and Carl, without pay or budget, under terrible, terrible conditions, we put together a little short film for you. Try to give you a visual of what a modern day example of this might look like. So let's dim the lights and let's watch the, um, watch the clip. Do some work. You're just trying to say that to get into that. Good books. Good books? Your dad's favourite. Oh, come on, boys. Settle down. We've got a lot of work here. You're going to get all this dirt done. You just settle down. I could get done a lot quicker if he pulled his finger out. That's it. I've had enough. You keep on accusing me. Give me my payout. I'm sick of this business. Hey, yeah, can... good. Just pay come it Come on, son. We've got a lot of work to do here. We've got the house to build yet and the shed. No, no give me useless. my payout. Give me Is that, that what check. you want? Alright. Over this. Working with you two all the time. Give me a check later, suckers. Son, you, you don't have to go, you know. You don't have to do this. No, I've had enough of you. I've Look, you're welcome back any time. How good is that acting? Come on, give him a round of applause. We had a lot of fun doing that. Now, Liam, that throwdown by Liam, how good was that? He's not here, but we have to, uh, we'll have to show him. Now, Re- Liam had to work really hard on his lines, actually, because we couldn't get him angry. 
You should have seen him. He just kept smiling and cracking up. There's some of the bloopers, yeah, he just kept losing the plot. Now, but Carl, on the other hand, did not have any trouble at all getting stuck into Liam. And in fact, the line where pull your finger out, that was all Carl and we just included it because it rolled so well. So he flicked in. And can I say, Colin, I couldn't have asked for a better dad to play this role. Um, You've done a fantastic, fantastic job. It was close to home, but I I love how the... The, it's portrayed that the father lets him go and how hard that would be for a dad but knowing as all ga- da- good dads do that you can't protect your kids from everything and you've got to release them sometimes and pray that they make good choices and come back which your dad does in heaven he gives you freedom so let's get into what I call scene two which is verse 13 to 16 and not many days after that The youngest son, Liam, gathered together and journeyed to a far country. And there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living, loose living, party time. But when he'd spent all day, when he, sorry, when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. He sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, I love that. When he came to himself. He said, how many of my father's hired servant had bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? I will arise And go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. Catch that line. Do not miss that point. The father was watching from a great way off and had great compassion. This is a parable. This is giving you a glimpse of what God is like in heaven. And ran and fell on his neck and he kissed him. And the son does all the talking. The son says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and I'm no longer worthy to, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I love that. I love that the father doesn't judge that the son has humbled himself and come home. So there we go. We've filmed a part two for you as a visual aid. So we're going we're gonna to watch the screens and see what Liam does. Tender whisper of love 
good was that? Those tears weren't acting either. There were some real tears in there. Verse 22 to 24. The father says to his servants, bring out the best robe. Now, these are the first words in this whole story that the father has said with his son coming back. Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, symbol of his authority, and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let's eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now we read the bit about the older brother who was looking on. This is where this parable is different to the previous two, the lost coin and the lost sheep. Jesus throws this in to have a dig at, bring down a notch, religious people that had a go at him of hanging out with, with sinners. So let's read what it says. Now the oldest son was in the field... And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard the music and the dancing. God really knows how to throw on a party. There will be music, dancing and feasting in God's presence. Anybody looking forward to that? Come on. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. He said to him, your brother has come and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry. And would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been serving you, and I've never transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to them, Son, you are always with me, And all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Now, there's an aspect of logic where you can understand why the older brother reacted the way he did. And if you just took it down to, say, fairness... You could, you could side or understand with the older brother who stayed and didn't squander the livelihood. But let me tell you, whenever you bring up fairness against God, you're going to lose every time. Because God is over and above with mercy and grace. His mercy and grace and love trumps fairness anytime. There's another story in the Bible about the people who go out working And some people only start at the end of the day and they get paid the same and people get upset about that because it's not fair. But God says, what is it to you if I want to be generous? He's a generous God. He's a good God. Fairness is a human trait. God is just above fair. He blesses. Mercy and grace poured out by God. I love, I love from this story that we get an insight into God allows us some freedom. 
and some space. But God is constantly waiting for us to return home. He saw the son from afar off, which meant that the father was waiting. The father was looking. The father was believing and hoping that his son had come back one day. Let's not be like the older brother in this story who maybe looks at people who are lost or in the world enjoying a life full of sin and, and maybe you long for that. Don't lose sight of who you are and where you sit and the things that you have access to in God's kingdom. It sometimes can look tempting to say, what if we chucked it all away, this believing and this church and this worshipping God? What if we just went and did whatever we wanted to? And if you've done that and you've come back, you know that there's no swapping out the truth, knowing the truth of God's presence, knowing the truth of God's healing and forgiveness and blessing in your life. There's no alternative to that. There's no swapping that out. There's no a matter of living your life, doing whatever you want, filling that void. You will always return empty. But Jesus said, if you want to drink of something where you'll never thirst again, drink of me. Can I get the worship team to come back up, please? And could I ask a favour? Would, would you all mind standing with me? Because we're going to pray together. I want to pray for um, this morning people that have never come to God. You've never approached God and asked Him for forgiveness. You've never seen God as a good father. Maybe it was never modeled to you by your earthly father, but you've never, you've never experienced God as a good father. You never experienced church or God's kingdom or God's presence as first up, not judging you and not condemning you. If that's not been your experience, Maybe you've wanted to come to God, but you've been so fearful about if people really knew the stuff I'd done, how could God ever love me? I hope this story, this parable and what we've shown tells you that you can approach God and He's not going to judge you or condemn you. In fact, He's going to throw His arms around you and tell you that you are loved. It's the first thing He's going to do. If you've never heard that from God, if you've never had that experience, it would be my honour and privilege to pray with you and to introduce you to your Father in Heaven who wants to do that to you right now. The next group of people I want to pray for is if you have wanted to walk away or you have walked away, You've looked at the world and it just seems so attractive and you've just like, I want to cash out of this thing. I want to go and do what I want to do. And you're still in that place and you need to come home. You need to come to God. Your time has come today. 
is your time. You are not here by accident. This message is not a coincidence for you. This is a signal and a flag, a green light. Turn around and head home. Head back into God's presence. Experience God's forgiveness. Experience His mercy and grace. And you know what? There's a whole heap of stuff to sort out. We'll get to that later. First, head home. Head for home where you are loved, you are safe, you are protected, you're provided for. So we're going to pray together. Everybody, we're all going to pray because you can do this every single day. We're going to ask God to show us how much He loves us, how much He cares for us. But I would like especially to pray for those ones who put up their hand and say, yep, that's me. So that first group, you've never experienced God's love and His forgiveness. And that second group, you have been away and you want to come home. As I look across, just give me a wave so I know who I'm praying for. Be bold. Put up your hand. Thank you. I see the hand out up the back. Thank you. It's time to come home. You've wandered. You've done your thing. It's time to head for home. Is there anybody else that wants to join that person? Give me a wave. Stick your hand up. Be bold. It's your time. Like that prodigal son who just came to himself and realized, right now, I pray that you realize. I pray that it all becomes very clear right now. This is your time. Once more, I'm going to look across. Give me a wave. Be bold. Let's pray. We're all going to pray this together. Please make this your prayer between you and God. He's listening to the next words that come out of your mouth. And get ready for all of heaven to celebrate as you say these words. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Make this your prayer to God. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Father God, I see you with arms open wide. Receive me home into your presence. I'm sorry for what I've done. Please forgive me. Jesus, help me to live for you. Help me to make my dad proud. Amen. Let's give that person a clap who put up their hand. Remember, you can grab your seats if you want. Thank you. Remember, every time in this place, in this church, that someone puts up their hand and receives Jesus Christ, I want you to get excited. Every time someone has a seed sown and their heart turns to Jesus and in a life group or during the week that someone has a conversation about God and you pray for one another, I want you to rejoice over that stuff. Don't lose sight of the things you have. 
don't lose sight of the authority and the power that you have. Do you know, the son had access to the whole of the kingdom, but because of his heart and his attitude, he lost sight of what he did have and he started looking at what he didn't have. Don't ever swap the things you have access to in the kingdom of heaven. Don't swap the freedom you have in Jesus Christ to worship, to be filled, constantly filled, to be healed on the inside, to be able to love unconditionally, to have your thinking made right, to have your faith activated, encouraged and built on. Don't swap that. Don't be like the older brother. Look at the world and long for the things of the world. Younger brother tried it and came back home. My prayer is that you be like a, a good son, keeps his eyes on his father. A pleasure to be in his house, a pleasure to serve God, experience all the blessings that that brings. Let me pray for you. And we're going to um, sing one last song. Or with the time, you might have a couple. God, I thank you for um, everybody here and everybody listening to my voice. I thank you that we can all return back into your presence, God. We can come boldly because we've been invited by Jesus. We recognize that there is a standing invitation by Jesus because he died on the cross for our forgiveness. A standing invitation to return home, to return back into God's presence. God, help us all not to be judgmental of people or condemning of people, especially those who return those who come into your presence, those new Christians, those people that come back to church, help us to be like you, God, not to judge, not to condemn, but to lavish them with grace and mercy and love and acceptance of all people, no matter what they've done. No matter what they've done. Give us the ability to see them like you see them, God. Give us eyes to see people how you see them. And help us to celebrate and to rejoice with heaven when just even one, even one returns. The lost coin, the owner celebrated, the lost sheep, the community celebrated, the lost son, everybody stopped and celebrated. We thank you for lost sons and daughters coming back home, God. Amen.
open here and there'll be some team down here to pray with you but just take this time now just to spend some time with you and your father you and God and I've seen many searching for answers far and wide that I know we're all searching for 